I uh, have a message entitled Jehovah Our Foundation and uh, it's uh, right out of the writings of Joshua the first chapter verses 5 through 11. I don't I don't know that we ever get to the place that God is not doing something constructively in our lives to strengthen us constructive to challenge us constructive in our lives uh, to mature us I think there are those times that there are little things that do that little opportunities that come along and then I think there are those times and those times um, are huge in which this mountain needs to be removed and you are the person to speak to the mountain and after a while you get tired of speaking to the mountain and it doesn't move and all type of ideas and all type of negative thoughts penetrate your mind that challenge your faith that challenge God's ability that makes you believe uh, that all right uh, well, if I can't make this mountain move and it needs to be moved and everyone I've talked to says to me it needs to be moved and it's not moving well therein in itself is a real spiritual challenge are you able to accept the fact that you're called to speak to the mountain and that God is not God is not locked in to doing it just because you speak to it now if you want to talk to some of the prosperity preachers they'll tell you speak it and it shall be done but I've learned in my life that speaking it needs to be as enthusiastic whether it moves or not and that oftentimes it's not the mountain that needs to be moved but it's me that needs to be moved everybody out there with me and so we look at that part of the world and we say all right the church is never any stronger than the weakest individual in the church well i can i can tell you if you take a look at it and judge a church's spiritual maturity by that uh, that that would be disheartening but the church is not judged by the weakest member of the church the church is judged by the solidity of the foundation of the church and the church is built on Jehovah God. Amen? He is unshakable and you cannot penetrate him. He is, he is that which spoke from the very beginning to establish the church. He calls on Joshua at this time in Joshua's life as we're going to talk about it in a moment. He was a champion that we all look at and he knew what it was to survive the heat. Now by raised hand, how many of you have had the heat put on you before and you came through it? May I see your hand? Ah, uh, yeah. But you know what? Bread is just not good unless you put it to heat. You notice that? Coffee's not really good to me unless it's put to heat. The bottom line is the heat is beneficial to anything that's worth its salt. Joshua is put to the test. Now if you look in his life, you can think about how many times did he have an opportunity to just bow out? The reality is that Moses, who was his, uh, his leader, was, I don't know, 40 plus years or more older than, than Joshua was. You and I are on a journey as I spoke to someone today in counseling and said, well, I'm on a journey and this journey is quite a ride. 
And we know that we're all on a spiritual journey, endeavoring to get closer and to honor God and to to realize some of the great intimate thoughts that God has for us. And that journey spiritually for us, we all all want our families to, to excel. We all want Christian families. We want Christian laity. The church desires to say, boy, let's get up and go and let's pierce the darkness. The biggest giant in your life, you are probably able to describe. Some of you might be able to describe. I don't have one giant. I got several giants out there. And I'm confused as about which one I ought to take on first. Well, I can tell you God will show you that as you say, all right, what is the spiritual giant that I've got to face? What is my plan of action? And it all comes from God. I said to Wayne Elliott today, listen, you're not in charge of whether your mother, mother live or dies. You're not in charge. The minute you say, okay, let's take a life support system off, then anytime God chooses to go in and say, I don't, I don't care whether the life support system is on or off, she's going to live. And God can tell us, you don't get to make that decision. You might be able to clear the path a little bit in your intellect and in your mind. But listen, God's already got a plan and knows that very moment, that second, that's absolutely going to happen. You see, we believe that God can place a new anointing on our life. There's a song that we sang uh, not so long ago, anointing, fall fresh on me, anointing. We all need the anointing of God. That's the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. Mark In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, here's an encouraging scripture. Then it's this, everything is possible for him who believes. All right, let's say it together. Everything is possible for him who believes. Everything. But is everything probable? Everything is possible. I believe that. That's the Jehovah that I serve. That's the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God that I serve. All things are possible because I believe Him. So as we make this journey and take a look as we recast maybe some side view of Joshua's leadership in the first chapter Here's what he says to him, and it reviews, it reviews our minds and our spirits. He says, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The challenge for Joshua here is at Moses' death, he's somewhere around 80 or so years of age. There is a floating number there as they try to determine exactly. 80 is in that ballpark of how old Joshua was when it came time for him to lead. And he has determined in his mind to believe that God will give him a plan and give him a strategy that will help him accomplish what he needs to accomplish. Now we know that he had to overcome some insecurities, We know that he had to overcome the fact that, okay, in his day, he must have looked at Moses and said, well, if I were leading, you know, this is what I would have done. Or if I were leading, this is what I would not have done. And guess what? Now he's in the chair. Go ahead and make your call. 
because there's no one else to turn to, to run back to, or to point to. He's prepared to be changed by his experience. Change is a part of leadership. Change is a part of the desire in the journey to say, God, rather than changing the mountain, how about you start changing me? How about you help me with a little different perspective or perspective of faith? God, give me wisdom to be able to break giants down into bite-sized pieces that I can overcome by the power of your Holy Spirit. And once Joshua makes his mind up, and once Joshua says, okay, here I am, use me, send me, I understand, that's when God began to change Joshua's heart and Joshua's life. God spoke 11 times. Now, there's a reason, 11. Now, now nine of those times, he speaks to Joshua. Here they are. No man can stand against you. Got it. No man can stand against you. But hey, I, I had several men that stood against me. So I don't know if I literally believe that. No, you don't have, no man can stand against you. I will be with you. Where are you at? You didn't answer my prayer when I said to that mountain, be removed. I will not fail you. Well, it seems like to me there have been a couple times that you did. I will not forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. You will prosper wherever you go. You can have good success. Be strong again and be of good courage. Then he says, and don't be afraid. I will go wherever you go. The basis of that encouragement Joshua is about to get involved in the most aggressive opportunity that he's ever had. Imagine with me approximately 2.2 to 2.5 million people. And the men were 20 years of age and younger. You don't have a bunch of old sages around. At 20 years of age, how moldable were you? At 20 years of age, how much did you think you knew? At 20 years of age, how much experience could you lean on and say, in my vast 20 years of experience, this is what I've learned? Joshua looks out there because the bottom line, the disobedient generation had passed away, and now we've only had enough time to where the majority of the men at 20 years of age, wives, children younger than that, and okay, Joshua, this is the opportunity that I'm gifting to you. Now, Moses, of course, had to face Pharaoh. That's a pretty big deal. God showed up. We understand that. And then they are out in the wilderness. It's a pretty good deal to cross the Red Sea there, understandable, and go from 40 years out there wandering around, and now Joshua has his opportunity. Well, what do you do if the giant of your life showed up tomorrow? If the giant of your life showed up months or years ago? If the giant that you're fighting right now, or giants, and you've done everything. What's the Bible say? Done everything that you can to stand. God's word is say, just stand. Because eventually, 
when God's plan gets around to dealing with what you are facing, it will stand until God says, now it'll fall. As you are patient through the process, never give up believing that God has a strategy that will change you, grow you. So here's what he said. Don't let, it's simple, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night. You'll be careful to do everything written. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Oh, those are good words. You'll be prosperous and successful. What does he say? Claims God's promise through his word. In the words he said, Joshua, don't let the word of God cease to be heard out of your mouth whatever you do keep that word in your mouth in your heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh keep that word there find you scripture find you a truth find you something and say boy every time the enemy gives you the right hook you use that word the foundation of victory is not my determination alone it's not my will not my it is the word of god that is what it happens then he said meditate on the victory through jesus christ he says look at the mountain i've shared many stories with you of giants that i faced and that honestly, the only one who stood on it was me. The others thought, man, that's discouraging. I'm, I've faced those counsels. I've faced those circumstances. But one thing I do know, hallelujah, that when God gives you the spithorinctum to hang in there, you just share the word and you meditate on the victory that comes through Jesus Christ. And here's the way it is. My victory is found. God, I'm believing that. I'm trusting you. I'm speaking to that mountain. But if it does not move and if it does not come to pass, I'm still going to be excited about who you are because you are Jehovah. You are the first. You are the last. You are the beginning and you are the end. The devil cannot put you in a corner when you don't base your faith on the outcome. You can't do it. He cannot put you in a corner. Oh, he would love to. You know, meditate on it day and night. Meditate on the victory. Here's what he says, and when you do these, you're going to be prosperous and successful. Prosperity, our mind automatically thinks material. Our mind automatically thinks um, uh, something new, automatically something we can put in our hand. But when you do these things, you'll be prosperous and successful. Do you know that your soul is of value to God and that your soul can be prosperous in Almighty God? can flow over with abundance of grace and mercy and kindness. That is successful. What does it mean? You'll be prosperous and successful. I told the giant, and the giant moved. You know where the prosperity comes in? It's when you speak to that giant and he doesn't move and you become more determined and say, but I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I know who Jehovah is and I'm still strong. Amen? I'm still strong. He says, I will encourage you and I will prepare you for the conquest. But you have to stand upon the truth, confess it with your might, and meditate on it mentally, mentally until it becomes part of your spirit. Part of your spirit. Meditate on it. The piece of property in Arcadia I've talked about. I will never forget, we had a pro bono attorney 
He was doing all he could. He went to First Presbyterian there in Arcadia. And I came in after we had filed in the court system. It was tied up in an estate, and he filed and failed twice. And I'll never forget as he stood up and walked around his desk to shake my hand, Reverend, I think we've run our course and done all we can do. And he reached his hand out, and I'll never forget. As he shook my hand, I said, well, I'm not ready to quit. But Reverend, we've already, we ran our course through the courts. I'm not quitting. He took his hand off and he said, well, I've just about done everything that I can do. I said, listen to me. I go out to that property every day and hug one of those Australian pines. Every day, it's across the street from my office. Every single day, I go hug one of those pine trees, and I claim that property. Amen. That five acres, I see it. It belongs to God. Amen. Boy, Reverend, you drive a hard, I can hear him, you drive a hard bargain. I said, I'm not driving any bargain. I'm just telling you what's in my heart, you know. You hug an Australian pine, you're either crazy or you've heard from God. Amen? Because they're not the kind of tree you want to grab. That's the point of what he's saying. He says, I encourage you for the conquest. Stand upon the truth. Confess it. Meditate on it. You see, my God was not in the handshake of that attorney because, quite frankly, had he not reconsidered, I would have went right down to the next attorney and talked to him. Amen? When, when you know that in your hand is the anointing of God to be able to say, I've got something in my heart. Father, and I see it clearly. I'm promised that thing has got to go, and if it never goes, I'm still on fire for you. Amen? That's the way. Number two, God is bigger than our challenge. Say that with me. God is bigger than our challenge. Joshua 1, verse number 9, have I not commanded you? That's pretty strong. Be strong, courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is going to be with you wherever you go. Joshua facing many of the enemies. He's facing the Jordan River. He's facing Jericho. He's facing giants. And he's facing about 2.2 to 2.5 million of which the strong majority, 95% of them, 20 years of age and under. You're the man. That's good. You think they'll listen to an old cuss like me? I mean, they might think I'm yesterday's news. They might think, hey, he was just the assistant to Moses. They might think that I don't have any authority. They might think we need to find a new leader, better leader. They might think we're wasting our time here. They might think, well, is this all God has? I want to share something with you. Mark your territory. Just mark your territory. 
and say, this foundation, this territory is mine. Caleb said, I have marked my territory. I'm going to get it. What's the devil's goal? Because the minute you step off the Jehovah foundation, you step into quicksand. How does he lure you out there? How does he get you to dig in that quicksand? We notice that he's facing so many enemies. And we face a society today that does not practice nor do they preach what we believe. They don't do it. They preach discouragement. They preach they preach all kinds of things that cause us to step outside the foundation. The, the, the church culture is one of the most fickled cultures in the world today. Because the church culture today builds what they decide to do based on the culture out there. And not on this culture right here. Right here. And we won't realize that until we're a good long ways down the road if the Lord tarries. The, U the USA, for example, crime rate is the highest in the world. Do you know that we imprison in the United States 1.6 million people a year? 30 million Americans will be victims of crime this year. 90% of Americans will be victims of crime during their lifetime. And since 73, 56 million precious little babies aborted have taken place. 67% Americans don't believe in an absolute, 67% in an absolute truth. And churches that run fewer than 100 in attendance are closing at a rate of 50 every single week. 50 every week. Society changes. After every several months, the church changes about every 25 years. Did you know that Walmart is finally starting to sell Angus beef? Pray tell. My question is, where in the world did their beef come from before? But Angus beef, why? McDonald's has decided we've got a we got to lift our game a little bit with our hamburgers. Why? Because the culture out there that is so competitive, they said, if we're going to be in business next year, if we're going to be in business next year, we got to find out where our tweaks are, and we've got to make those adjustments. And so there they go. Do you know what we do as we understand in the church? Here's one thing we don't have to change. It is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The methods may change, but the truth of the power of God's word does not change. Chuck Colson stated, he said, we live in a mix and match salad bar spirituality. People don't know what they want when they need it. Billy Graham said, if God withholds judgment from America, then he will owe Solomon and Gomorrah an apology. So don't get nervous when people don't agree with you about your spiritual disciplines. 
It means that we all have a looming giant out there. It means that there's a conquest that's out there that's extremely important. It means that what you're facing now is no small task, but it also means that God is saying, I brought you to this place to anoint you in the place where I have planted you for you to stand there. I am with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go before you. I am going to win this battle in my time and in my season. Why? Because God is bigger and better. That's why he says, don't get weary in well-doing. Every negative event contains within it a seed of an equal or greater benefit. So if the mountain doesn't move, there is a seed that's planted by the grace of God for a greater benefit. God said to Joshua, strong, good courage, don't be dismayed. In other words, he says, don't let what you see cause you to fear and be alarmed. So when you look at the challenges often that face you, maybe it's your vehicle, maybe it's finances, maybe it's your business, maybe it's physical, maybe it's loneliness. Who in the world knows? There's some things you just can't take to Tylenol and it get better. Just some things there. But you and I both know that when there is a conquest that's there and you really get on that foundation of Jehovah God and you dig your feet in and you say, this thing is not going to push me around. It is not going to lick me. It is not going to discourage me because I say so in the name of Jesus Christ. Sooner or later, I'm going to keep talking to the mountain and sooner or later, it is going to move. But if I keep at it to my dying day, I'm still going to believe my foundation in Jehovah God is strong. Hallelujah. For no good thing is going to be withheld from me. So he knows, he knows what you're going to pray for tomorrow. He knows what you prayed for today. George Tilton wrote, success is never final, failure never fatal. He said, it's courage that counts. Another writer says, man must be arched and buttressed from within. Without, without that, his temple is going to implode. It's going to implode. So the greatest asset of our faith is that simple belief that says, I, I have my territory, I meditate, I know the Word of God, and I'm just going to keep believing finally. Conquer. So are you prepared to say, I'm never going to conquer anything else in my life? <clears throat> Yesterday, it was Sharon and me. She said, what are we going to do today? I said, I think I'm going to grill. I said, but you don't have to do anything. I'll take care of it. Why did I do that? Because I know what I wanted. <laughs> you know, she makes great potato salad, great baked beans. And I said, okay, I got some stuff. I went through the freezer. This is about out of date. I'll put that on the grill. This is about out of date. I'll put that on the grill. Or I knew it. I had a grill loaded. 
I said, this corn looks like it's about ready to rot. That'll be a good place. That grill will take care of it. Smoke takes care of everything. <laughs> I, I did the slow deal, probably, what, four hours. But I decided I'm going to make potato salad. Sharon said, you want me to make it? Nope. I went down where shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> I got me some russet potatoes. I pulled up and Googled up a recipe. Every good recipe can be made great if you're an adventurous person. Everybody understand? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't call for that in the recipe, but, but I believe it needs it. So I boiled up a little pot of russet potatoes, took them out, got them just right, Took a toothpick, stuck in them, it came out. Let them cool down, cut them into, cut them into quarters, not, not little things. I had this recipe for a dressing. I add a little bit to it. Now me, if Cheryl were not going to eat, I'd have loaded it up with red pepper. Oh, these babies are going to jump in that bowl, I'm telling you. <laughs> Anyway, I got it all done and try it. You know, when it's hot, it's pretty good. I let it set a little while. We got through with the meal. I said, you know, we got that bowl of potato salad there. She said, yeah, I need to take mom a plate. I said, won't you take her all that potato salad? You know, she, she probably loved that. And I said, uh, the potato salad didn't cut the mustard. Oh, I had mustard in there. It didn't cut the mustard. Well, what do you give it? Because I go one to ten usually. I said, I give it about a three. A three. I said, yeah, three. I said, it just did not turn out. You ever had a feeling it just didn't turn out? You don't have to worry about a cake. It'll implode on you. You won't have to say it. You just look at it. Looked like a bowl. It's supposed to be a cake. It imploded. She said, Well, I guess you learned a good lesson. I said, I sure did. I'm going to find me a different recipe and I can't wait to try it. She says, Well, you never know unless you try. You never know unless you try. You just never know unless you try. You see, the point is, is God will not act on your behalf until you decide to try. Push it forward. What's going to happen? 1-1, one, one, go through the camp. Tell the people. Now, now get in this mindset because I never saw this any time before. Here he is 80-plus years, and his people are going through the mind, and he's dealing with some 20-year-olds. Now, here's the deal. A 20-year-old, a lot of times, is ready to go out there and say, let's take the world on because they don't know what the consequences are. When you're 80 years of age, you've been around the block a few times, you think if you go there, that's what's going to, you're going to get spanked. But he said, here's what I want you to do. Get, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you're going to cross the Jordan, and, and we're going to go in and take possession of the land your God is giving you on your own. 
And once God encouraged Joshua, Joshua's allowed that encouragement to become real in his heart, and he is, he is now ready. So he says, let's go and let's take the land that's been promised. He gives the command to his officer and instructs them to prepare to conquer. Now, the 20-year-olds are not asking any question, the majority of them. They're not asking any questions. They're not saying, well, hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, Joshua, don't, don't you know the Jordan River's 200 miles long? They didn't know that. Joshua knew it. Don't you know that it's 65 miles from Galilee up there down to the Dead Sea, but it wandered a lot? Don't you know that it's bordered by jungle-like coverage in a lot of places, and there are very few places to cross? Also, the word prosper is used twice in that verse, and in both uses it calls for a militaristic advance. You're going to be prosperous, meaning a militaristic advance. In the words, bow up, get your gumption up, and go in there. And that's, that's where it's at. In other words, march toward the conquest. You and I, friend, have to be strong on the foundation in which God has given us and absolutely convinced and in shape spiritually that says, well, Reverend Blackburn, I think we've done about all we can do. We've lost in two different courts, and I think we have run our course. Not if you've been out hugging an Australian pine. You don't take that answer. What you say is, if you're not willing to do it, I'll find me somebody else to get the job done. Friend, Listen, the church in America has lost that kind of drive. We like to sit back and just have a good religious time, but not many are willing to walk out there and say, by faith in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare my son, I declare my daughter, I declare that situation shall come down by the grace of God, and I'm going to believe that by the presence of God's Spirit abiding in me. Where will it come from? What kind of faith does our children see in us today? Every child of every family who watched victory in the last 29 years grow, those children now that might have been three, four, five, and six, over 29 years, they watched this ministry begin to grow and explode and building after building and program after program until they understand what it, it was not gifted on a silver platter. It was fought for. It was given to. It was sacrificed. Who in the world is seeing that anymore? Very few. How shall they see it when we speak? You know what? That right there is what I'm facing. That right there is what I'm believing. I want you to join with me and I want you to pray with me because I'm speaking to that giant. I'm speaking to that conquest. I've been ordered to go. Amen. I've been ordered to go. The word prosperous, that plan of action, confident resolve, absolute faith, and no unbelief whatsoever. It belongs to me. God will give it to you to possess, but do what? You have to claim it, demand it, pursue it by an unwavering spirit in your approach. So where are you at? You say, well, I did that for about six months, but for the last 90 days, I'm just whipped. No, you're not. You know why? Because in you is a renewable spirit. 
that God renews, how often? Daily he renews our spirit. Daily. But if you step off the Jehovah foundation, you lose the power. It unplugs. Plug back in. Stand there in Jesus' name. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, there in verse number 10, he said, God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. That's God's word through Paul. So if I'm called and I have been, then I believe tonight is as good a night as any for me to renew my perspective on my giants, for me to renew the promises of God and to ask myself, am I standing on my foundation? Am I meditating on the Word? Am I speaking it? And am I determined to say, Thy will be done, but fight like a warrior? And no matter what the results are, believe God's will will be done. Amen? Would you stand? Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you. So we know that online we have hundreds. We know that in this room, God, there are many here who, who may, this fits like a glove. God fits like a glove. There's some that are celebrating victory because they took a stand. Some God are just waiting for the other foot to fall. You never called us to wait around until the other foot falls. You told us to be in motion, doing what you've called us to do. The enemy does not rule here. We don't walk in fear. We know that all the promises that you've given us are going to be fulfilled. And God, you reward faithfulness. You reward faithfulness. And, and you don't wait until we just get to heaven. There's some that's due their rewards now, God, because they have stood true to you. And God answered prayer. Almighty God, you answer prayer, and you do it well. Minister meet every need. So we know that some of you might be in this room, and you're not right with Jesus or listening online. So right now, would you repeat this prayer? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, am sorry. I am sorry. I repent. I believe by faith. I am forgiven. I shall trust you. I will honor you. Out of my heart, I will obey you. So take my sins and forgive me. And I believe by faith. I am born again. I am your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, you're claiming something, standing on something, or you need prayers, I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking. Maybe you need to stand in for somebody else. They may not be here, or they might be here, and you know that they're weak, and you say, I want to go to them right now, and I want to join them. I want to come. Here's what I know. Something is happening in this room by the grace of God, and it only flows out of acts of obedience. So as you are obedient, let God do something, and we'll wait a few moments, and we'll sing, and we'll give the benediction in a moment. You come as God directs you. Would you do that right now in Jesus' name?